0: Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey music show. So,
1: my yep. first problem is Cheap Trick at Budokan. I was only um let me see. I think I was 6 or 7 years old and my older sister played Cheap Trick at Budokan on her turntable and I loved it. It it, it went beyond Want You to Want Me, I Love Hello There. It had a simple, memorable, happy sound and I loved it. Uh and um, that album is everything to me. And uh, if you want to, if I can gap, if I can bridge the gap, I'm going to Robin Zander gives me his stage played signature model guitar, signs it to me. And this is the other part of it. that's pretty fun and cool.
2: What's your favorite, this album? I, I heard them all at the same time. So it's not like I was listening mm-hmm. to the fact they were released. So I don't have a, a bunch of, uh, you know, a lot of people cite a bunch of the old greats, like ACDC, Back in Black. And I, I love, absolutely love all of those. But, but I'm gonna... I'd say one of the, the biggest uh, influences on me was uh, Avenged Sevenfold City of Evil. When that came out, I was about 14 or 15, and I had been a really big fan of Waking the Fallen before that. And there wasn't a whole lot of crazy guitar on that album and so when City of Evil came out, I remember I just saw it at Hot Topic. I bought it just because I loved Avenged Sevenfold already. And I put that on in the car, like my headphones, like in the back seat. And I couldn't, I was like just in love from the, the very first note, just starting out with that guitar solo on uh, Beast and the Harlot all the way through MIA. I would sit and I would listen to that CD over and over on repeat all day long. My mom heard that through my door all the time would hear me playing it it really inspired my guitar playing just to see a new kind of generation a newer younger band shredding on guitar that really influenced me to be able to think that I could play like that too because before that it was it wasn't a lot of there were guitar, guitar, yeah, guitar, the guitar solos. yeah guitar solos were killed they got mm. killed so in the black album I'll be that unpopular person
1: oh, you, there's only 125 <laughs> gazillion <laughs> of, of you
2: I grew up oh, i like loved it. all of them you know i i grew up with lightning and master Puppets, like i said i all of them you know listening to all of them at once but really uh, when i was probably about the same time as like when i got into city of evil i was sitting you know i was always sitting on my computer which was also you know my parents computer they were they would my parents would download their music you know onto the computer and i use the computer for school and everything so i would sit and I'd go and i'd listen to all the music and that's how i really got to hear a bunch of the stuff that i ended up getting into but I just remember the black album was on there and i just i would listen to that nonstop, just all the time just really okay. really got me into metallica with that what's your favorite maiden album well, it's hard for me to have a favorite because I, I literally listen to them kind of all at the same time but they i, I love them all and it's, yeah. it's it's kind of different for me. If it didn't come out when I was you know, older and, and I wasn't grabbing it when it first came out, it's all just kind of mixed in together.
1: My second album was, it probably came out right before it at Budokan, was Kisses Destroyer. Once again, I'm the youngest of seven kids, the older brothers and sisters listen to Kiss, and Destroyer struck a chord with me, literally and figuratively. Um, I was enamored with the album cover. I'm like, who are these guys from outer space, all the stuff. <laughs> and uh, funnily enough, you know, not all the songs were dark and gloomy. God of thunder scared me, you know, cause I was six or seven. That was a scary song when you're six or seven. Um, but then the other songs had this kind of happy shouted out loud and flaming youth and kind of like cheap trick. I was like, this is fun. The way this sounds. Uh, so I, Kiss Destroyer uh, is their best album, in my opinion. And Kiss has a a, a spotty career because they got some awful albums too. Um, but that is probably their best studio album from the 70s, in my opinion.
2: I'm going to take yeah. it in a totally opposite direction there. Uh, anything's opposite to this. Yeah, <laughs> Nirvana's Nevermind. Short songs, short, powerful. No, not many guitar solos. Uh, Didn't need guitar solos. I just yeah, that one did need it. That was probably one of also probably that and City of Evil probably the top two most influential albums on me. Uh, just loved Kurt Cobain's voice. I don't know why. I just when I heard that, awesome. I just became totally obsessed with Nirvana throughout my whole high school years. And I remember I just kept going and getting everything I could Nirvana. I think I started out with that one, and then I got all of the demos, all the albums, and, and Bleach really yes i love bleach too which is that awesome least, yeah totally underrated too and i just that really got me into playing guitar i
0: too it's just like you know i don't know i mean you did subdivisions and you? you did a cover subdivisions wasn't it you did with which the great
2: with the great william
1: shatner
0: oh <laughs> uh, he's so awesome
2: yeah
0: and it's such a great cover too i mean you know it's a whole great album you know okay digital man the whole thing is awesome but um How do you approach actually just good? How do you approach that cover? Like, when you do covers to begin with, like to get the sound, do you go in and figure it out yourself, or do you kind of get hints or reach out to the people? How you approach it?
1: it What happened with that at the time, Heaven Below was doing an EP called Sleeping Giants, and each member got to pick a cover. Of course, I picked a Judas Priest song. Our drummer said, I'm going to pick Rush. (laughs) And I was like, Badass, we're going to do Temples of Syrinx, or we're going to do Free Will. And he's like, No, we're going to do subdivisions. I'm like, Oh, man. I said, how the hell am I supposed to say subdivisions? And I had just recorded with William Shatner less than a couple months before that. And Shatner had probably with Adam,
0: right? Was like Adam doing Adam an album. Yeah. Yep.
1: And Shatner. Shatner did the obligatory, if you ever need anything from me, son, don't feel free to reach out. And right as I had told Shad, our drummer, how am I going to say subdivisions? The light bulb exploded, and I was yeah. like, oh, my God, we got to get William Shatner to do the subdivisions part. So uh, I think I called Adam first, and then we connected with Shatner, and it was, it was a yes inside of 45 minutes. And for him to say subdivisions wasn't enough, we need to have him do the, I was, my brain was going crazy, sparking the ideas. I was like, we got to have him say the end of Temples of Syrinx, attention planets of the Solar Federation. Of course he has to say that and we're putting it in the fucking song and he did and we did and and people went crazy for it and shatner it's awesome he tweeted it out on his uh on his social medias to his gazillions of people and it got it got a little buzz and it and all the rush um fan sites loved it and as you know people like us when we're into something it better be done right if you're going to do a priest Mm -hmm. cover or rush cover it better it better kick ass And uh, we got a lot of love for it. It was Aerosmith's Rocks. Once again, straight, right out of the crib for me. Um, All those bands were playing. All those classic 70s bands were loud in my house. I didn't even know what they were. Uh, And I did take to Aerosmith Rocks, um, the beginning of Last Child. Mm -hmm. I'm dreaming tonight. And I just thought it was so cool. And the way Back in the Saddle sounds. Um, I didn't really know who they were or what they were. My sister played that a lot. And that album carried over into me discovering bands, listening to Motley Crue and going, oh, they like that album. Motley Crue likes rocks. Oh, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. They like rocks. I hear it Rat, in their walking
0: the dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, that album, Rocks, is a rough, kick-ass, greasy, sleazy rock record. And all those bands, the crew, Guns and Roses, um, Buck Cherry. I mean, anytime you hear any of that stuff, it's it's Aerosmith rocks straight up. Nikki, it uh,
2: I'll say Iron Maiden's "Power Slave." Oh, it's so said. They they kind of change depending, but usually it's it's always "Power Slave." I, you know, I know all every song on that album. Mm-hmm. It's so hard, like. I mean, Power Slave, Ace is High, Two Minutes to Midnight, uh, Flash of the Blade—just every song, consistently so good on that album.
0: My first made album, so I, I agree. So oh, really? asked me the other day. They said, well, you me? they said, "Name your favorite." Name your uh, favorite album I made. And I'm like, I'm like first off, I go, I can't. Is the first thing you I said. said, I said, but if I had to choose two right now, it would be um, uh, that one and and uh-huh. the, the new the comeback one, the Brave New World one. Those two. <laughs> Only because they represent different times, but they're both yeah. strong in their own way. So I felt at the yeah. time that's kind of a good mixture.
2: Just, yeah, you're right.
0: You can't just say one. It's so hard to have one. It's like potato chips. You just can't.
2: Yeah, like today I've been listening to uh, Seventh Son a lot today. I've been yeah. had that on repeat because we're learning some new songs from some of these albums, and I just I love that one too. I know a lot of people didn't like it with the keyboards and everything. I can but say the
0: keyboards, love- yeah. It stands up, it. though, because, yeah, yeah she,
1: I hear her play it, and I didn't like it when it came out. I didn't hate it, but I was like, too keyboardy.
2: Really cool songs. No, there's really good songs,
1: great, great songs on it.
2: Really great guitar parts yeah. in, in that one. Like, one of these songs we're learning off of Seven Sun right now. I, I was never really that familiar with this particular song, and it's so fun. Lots of really cool guitar harmonies, lots of dually guitars. I'm not saying
0: you. Oh, it's a surprise for the main okay. set. Surprises, surprises are good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say anything. Patrick made for you and I. Would you say it holds up? And I was looking back. I'm like, man, it's a good song. I didn't appreciate. It. I almost think back then I was listening to like it was all about guitar. I've heard any keyboard. Like I love deep. I love Deep Purple now, but at the time I didn't like them as much. I'm like, uh, oh, keyboard sounds like hockey music. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. The break, yeah. it, the organ. It didn't for me. I was totally either. Pop, because I, I did. I, my other thing was like I like like pop music, you know, like Prince and, and and Duran Duran, like because pop was so different back then. And metal and guitars, and it had to yeah. be totally live. So keyboard to me in metal kind of felt like it was just taken away from the guitar time. Like it, it should have been all guitar. Yeah. And I agree with you, but but looking back now, I've gotten to the like yes and stuff. And I hear keyboards and the layering and and what you can do with it, the sonics. You know, I'm like, yep. I was shortchanging myself back then because exactly you know because you're right the album is fantastic and the keyboards are fine on it i think like
2: that album yeah that was good yeah
0: Yeah. all right well actually so do you i don't remember your numbers now because you didn't have an order would it be your priest album or your accept album or the priest i think the priest would be the next one
1: chronological i got a good simple story about it uh growing up in san antonio texas we had a very influential radio station that's uh, still there called 99 five kiss and we had a, a a very famous uh dj named joe anthony he was famous for breaking def leppard rush and a new band from england at the time called judas priest he played them before the rest of the country and those bands went on to be huge so those were huge markets for them down there in san antonio and um judas priest played one of their first handful of gigs ever was san antonio because they did open for zeppelin In California in 77, but shortly thereafter, they did play San Antonio. So they already had a stronghold before Hellbet for Leather came out. But my sister used to spin Hellbet for Leather, and it was life changing because I was into the happy, yay, fun, uh, Mm -hmm. rock and roll all night. I want you to want me, you know, and of course, the cool Aerosmith. But Judas Priest was definitely the first heavy metal that I heard. Um, I remember. Spinning hellbent for leather, and you know, it's all fast. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, it's kind of scary, but kick ass. And I remember looking at the back of the album cover. I'm seven years old at this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I see the singer is holding a microphone, he's got muscles, and I'm like, that's what a man looks like. That's what a badass man looks like. How funny turned out to be gay. But that was one of my and I heard his voice. Doing the whole help for the Lord. Like, I was like, this guy is a maniac. He's a mean, badass man. It was Rob Alford.
0: <laughs> uh, he is. So that sounds first... fantastic, huh?
1: Oh, God, that album's so fucking good. Uh, it has a perfection that Black Sabbath did not have. Um, Black Sabbath definitely invented heavy metal with the help of some other things like Zeppelin and and probably that band that played Inagata DeVita or whatever but the Judas Priest was a new level because drums were going and it had heavy accents. The guitars were going more than space trucking or more than, you know, some of the Deep Purple. It was a new level. And as a seven-year-old kid, I I didn't know that, but I sure felt that. And uh, that was my favorite band since then, 1978 or Mm nine. My favorite
0: band today. You know, it's interesting that album, and as early on i was a big into like giving hell but black sabbath first before actually zeppelin and then kind of flipped around because yeah. i really love those first six albums and the riffs but listen to them and then like as i got older and i started listening back i started doing the thing like, like a backwards deep dive with priest excuse me and with scorpions like the really beginning stuff Ooh, like, and actually i really like it there, i yeah. like, the, like like the, the tokyo tapes and stuff it's like totally different it's right love it, that it, shit it's the best shit it's on a different yeah. level because when you first heard it, because you look back, you're like, that's not really heavy metal scorpions. No, it's not really the same. Once again, it's, it's an evolution of a sound that they had. But those first couple ones and the trance and stuff are so good. But listen to all those and, and how the and how metal kind of changed because a lot of those, even early Jews priests, you had some songs, but they didn't evolve the same though. You
1: know, oh, yeah. Sudden, and that early where did scorpion, it happen
0: all of a sudden? Everyone's just heavy.
1: I remember my sister playing um, uh, Taken by Force and the song was "Sales to Sharon." Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, the shred solo on that song is Inge Malmstein before Inge Malmstein probably hadn't even uh, hit puberty yet. Uh, that's sh- serious shredding. That stuff, think- and it still well, like, is. Corkin
0: was supposed to was go to jam with them, and that was the song he was going to do with them, or something. That was a story like he was, he wanted to do that song, or, or that's song they chose, and he's like, "What <laughs> of all the songs?" Because yeah, you got to play
1: that right; it's it's challenging.
0: Yeah, and all the guitar players in the band—they're they're an underrated band too, except for those album covers. Someone's got to explain those album covers to me one of these days. I'll have to sit down. Yeah, like, you get a
1: pack when you're from another country. Yeah. They don't understand it. It's the same reason David Hasselhoff is huge in Germany and not here. <laughs> they don't—they don't understand
2: it.
0: I, I guess I don't know, man. Those album covers just kill me. Like no, at no point, all the way across. You know, fantastic yeah. inside, but on the outside, I'm like, just, oh, the gum and the whole—the whole thing. I just—it just feels like nobody was offended. So funny, they're just funny albums. Um, Nikki, how about you?
2: Pantera's vulgar display of power. Nice. It's so hard to choose. Of course, again, you know I'm from Dallas, so I grew up listening to Pantera. Absolutely love Dimebag Daryl's guitar playing, and that album. So many songs I love, like "This Love," "Hollow" at the very end, "Mouth for War," "Walk." There's so many killer songs on that. And I just remember sitting at home and I got the tab book and I was just teaching myself how to play all of these songs. So I, just, I loved his playing and I never got to see Pantera, but I did see Damage Plan their last show in Dallas on a on oh, a wow. festival. So at least I got to see him once, but yeah, he's definitely got, one of my our players.
0: That, that's a good album. I, I saw them. don't have the only time I saw Pinterest was for the Cowboys from Hell Tour. I when uh-huh. was first coming out, uh, girl, girl, State, it was a record label I was working at And she says, Oh, check these bands out. And I got it I'm like Pantera. They, they did the, uh, the, the foundation, the rock foundation there out in LA back in time. It's and- forum. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, I so I got the tape. I'm like, Oh my God, these guys are insane. And like a lot of people would know. So they came to the masquerade in Atlanta and um, they opened up for prong. I think prong, were doing a beg to oh. differ tour. So they came in and they played there. Just like so awesome. And then, um, they came off the stage. I actually saw them play a few times. Next time they came back, they actually, they headlined and pronged open for them. Same tour, same club.
2: Like oh, literally wow. the album
0: exploded that fast. But for that one, you know, they played and it was fantastic. And they, cause they weren't as big. They came off the stage and um, the club I was at, they had a, like a, an, an alcohol tester, like a breathalyzer. They just come out with this, like in early nineties. I had just gone there that week. As always, I've seen shows and um, afterwards crazy solos and Dimebag came off the stage and he came over to the side. And I was over there and we started talking and he goes, oh, you know, he starts talking, he sees it. He wants to try it out. I'm like, I had no cash. I and mean, he goes, oh, so he puts money in, he blows into it. He was like two or three times, like legally drunk. And he had just got off the stage doing this incredible solo, like to like the place where like flawless, yeah. right?
2: And yeah.
0: he, was, he was so gone, like already. Oh. And he goes, what? And, you know, he does the whole, you know, everything you'd seen in the videos. he was totally like that. He laughed, he goes, he goes no, no, you do it. So he puts more money and he has me do it. And I only had a couple of drinks, real low level. He goes, what? So he does again, high level. He, he he punches it and he breaks it, the machine. <laughs>
1: oh, right god. there.
0: He just does some kind of crazy thing and he breaks it. They never replaced it. The machine never went back in the club again.
1: Oh, oh my, my god! god.
0: <laughs> but that was that was my dime bag moment. That was uh, that was my fun moment with him. He was uh he was great. Oh, okay. He was he was fun. That was he was, but he seemed so coherent too. I mean, the fact that he had that much in him, yeah. I, I couldn't he even believe. He himself was.
1: well by then. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, oh, it was
0: insane. He was played so good too. It was like literally no for no. But but. That album was a great pickup from Cowboys. It didn't feel like it was a, didn't hold back, but it felt like a natural progression. It literally felt like it was the next things, you know, You know, there's some albums that come out, you're like, oh my God, there's a big, huge step in the difference. Like, uh, like Faster got Got's first album. And then their second album, it was like a huge, like you're like, it's almost like two different bands. But for those two, they really, you could kind of feel the transition, you know? Yeah. That's, That's a good one. See what happens after the show. I've been listening to albums all week long now. It always happens. So. That's a good album. I got to get my head now. My, my, I go my, listen my song again. list. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I got to go listen
2: to all these again. Did you see? Is, that, is that in order?
0: Is that right yeah, order? This is going in order.
1: Um, this one, I don't care that it's, it's everybody's favorite and that it's like the number three selling rock album. It deserves to be the number one selling rock album. Yeah. Uh, like I said, when growing up as a little kid, my older brother sisters, I heard high voltage. I remember hearing highway to hell. I remember hearing, let there be rock loved it. Massive energy. Uh, once again, I'm a little kid looking at this guy, little guy with a guitar that looks like he's crazy. Uh, and then I think when back in black came out, I was still in elementary school. Um, and my brother got it and it was like, where's the crazy kid, the crazy guy with the guitar, you know, and it's a new singer. What happened? I, I was young. I didn't really know. Um, and then you hear Brian Johnson sing
2: with those mm-hmm. crazy
1: badass riffs. I think. I don't know if Hell's Bells or Back of Black was the first. Um, that album is the meat and potatoes. That's the basis, the the most concrete fundamental thing that would build a house of rock to me. Uh and that album, it truly does get me going today. If I'm tired or if I'm hungover, I put on that album and I'm ready to drink and crank it up. Uh that album's amazing no
0: wonder it's the production so the production is i, I don't think we'll talk. About it. I mean, it's, it's, it's like it's it's dry but it's crisp like it's you know what i'm saying it's it's very it's not like a live feeling but it's so it's like a punchy it's a dry punch it's just something about it it's just that really yeah probably you know, Mutt
1: knew how to capture it he probably obviously he oh, yeah. knew probably how much to tell them to change something versus what to keep i see their interviews i know malcolm kind of ran the show and yep. so probably that amazing producer with that amazing band with the older brother, probably being guarded about what greatness they had. I guess there was no way that wasn't going to be a great album, I guess. I don't know, but that's,
0: I think that's a comeback album for them. And they literally didn't know they got this other singer in. They went off to like some island. I forgot where they did it. I mean, you just really just they yeah. didn't know. There were pretty much a couple albums out and they weren't that big at the time. You know, there were a couple songs out. But back then they weren't like a band that could live off their albums, and their money. they were, you know, a working band. Yeah,
1: that's so, probably the biggest comeback rock, rock album of yeah. all time in terms of numbers and success
0: across the board. Really obvious why? It, it, I think I, it's one of the biggest albums that came out in the rock genre too. Like the first big rock album that that exploded. It, it never lets up till the end. Till rock
1: and roll like noise pollution. It never lets up. Yeah,
0: there's Take nothing else to give there. A a bone, all that shit. But I'm thinking about like size wise too. Like you do Def Leppard, you Metallica, exploded. But prior to that, to the Back in Black, I can think. I don't know, maybe what. You can call it rocky, but maybe meatloaf spat out of hell because it had some guitar on it and then, the, yeah. the, the, the motorcycle. They're probably the closest thing to being a heavy rock album. Boston, that, that, Boston,
1: that, huge with that first Boston album.
0: It was that they, they have a weird career only having a couple albums, and every album was so huge. And they never really did a lot of touring, like it was spotty touring and stuff. There was a
1: yeah, I guess, I guess that guitar player Tom Schultz had other ideas, obviously. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Back to my teenage emo years and picking a kind of random one i loved afi's "Sing the sorrow album and i don't know if you're really familiar with afi i don't know i just absolutely no a little bit of them
0: i don't i did this has been a very little doubt so you're schooling me totally in this one because yeah
2: i did they weren't. i i i don't even think was that one was sing sorrow bigger than the miss murder one was that one
1: that's a good question those are the only two i actually own from them
2: yeah i i went back after i got them after I got that album and I got some of their previous albums and they were much more raw and like SoCal punk and then Sing the Sorrow was much more polished who did they we said that they who was that that they produced that one with it was somebody big we just looked it up I just loved every song on that album it's very um I know my parents didn't like that one that much um just super catchy I loved the guitars I was always kind of like into the doom and gloom back then. You know, I liked the fun stuff, but I also loved my kind of emo, darker music. And I just, I would listen to that one all the time, all the way through. There's a little hidden track at the very end yep. of the album. And I would sit and I'd be mad because I'd have to go and I'd fast forward it just to get to that. And that was probably one of my favorite songs was the the hidden track. Remember How far back
0: to... was it? I know Dancing did it to one of their albums. It was like track 99. And you're like, come on, really?
2: Oh, there was another. Yeah, I remember waking up to another band that would do that to where it was
1: nine inch nails was the first
2: oh, artist yeah. i remember doing that oh, yeah. uh this AFI one, it was just it was on the same track as the last song it was just mm-hmm. like way later 13 minutes into it of yeah. silence and then you hear like some creepy piano and some whispering and then that one would come on and be like yes there it is finally that's probably only one of my favorites i love the music videos girls not gray I just, I, every time I put that on and it takes me back to when I was like 13. I just, I love you that know, album. They uh, go back,
1: One thing I noticed is we had that on the other day, the AFI and I was into that album too. I had just moved out to LA um, and I had to get past the singer sounding a little, yeah. a little funny, but um, I noticed the other day with the guitar riffs and stuff, they're very musical. Uh, yeah. They have a lot of odd time signatures the arrangements on the songs are not blink 182 crap where it's just like do this chorus and they go that. No. they have uh kind of overtures segues like a band like rush or coheed might have really? um and that was the yeah. first thing I, the other day i go listen these guys this ain't some
2: bullshit these guys mm-hmm. are
1: playing they're really playing some badass shit
0: now which album yeah. was that uh, yeah, seeing the sorrow.
2: Sing the sorrow. I know that the previous ones were more just kind of straight punk, and then that one they were totally different. And then after mm. that one, I can't remember the name of it. Winter, it was winter. Yeah. Something, but I wasn't. I wasn't really thrilled. They went way more poppy on yeah. that one, and yeah. I wasn't. Right, we'll
0: see. We'll see if that's my gateway drug for uh, for them. I'll, Go I'll, I'll the sorrow.
2: You you might yeah. you might connect with it
0: easily because yeah. the music
1: and the riffs are really good.
2: Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people had to get past his voice, but. I just—he would sing. He had a good singing voice, and he could scream. I was always into the somebody that could sing and then scream at the same time. I, I always liked that when I was growing up. Look,
1: if you can, if you can handle Dave Mustaine, you can definitely handle Davey from Fi.
2: I do love. I have to Dave. check it out. Negative. yes.
0: I do. He yeah, he has to do Dave Mustaine music though. Tell he does sound good as Dave Mustaine. I can't imagine him doing like anything but his own music though.
2: No, negative. that's so true. Yeah, you know, certain
0: singers, and I said this before—you a yeah, singer a unique singer that can't do other stuff has to their own voice in a certain way and it can mm-hmm. sound great but you got it on your own voice if you, you know you got to know yeah. what you're doing with it
2: exactly um,
0: I don't have the vinyl so I'm going to say I, I actually, mine would be Too Fast for Love by Molly Crew that one
2: was, favorite was damn good yeah.
0: and I remember listening to it like over and over to my, my Walkman going to sleep every night with that one for like the longest time I always listening to the album over and over and over again you know I can't even pick a favorite song off of it I mean I think On With The Show was probably my favorite at the time because I'll
2: I look at me did. number one, yep, that's
0: the merry-go-round song, merry-go-round, yep. I love that one. That one well, was the fun. time I had to da, 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 da. very, and that's really like a, it was like a, not like a jazzy beat, but it was a swing beat, like it was, like, da, da, it was da, almost da, da. like blade or sweet. Like if you go yeah. back to early stuff, it was kind of like that, which I think makes sense because he wasn't, he was into the like the raspberries or something. I mean, I love slade, yep. but he, so he was back into a lot of different bands at the time. Depends on when you talk to him, what what his influence was at the time. So you know sometimes it changes a little bit.
2: Yeah, but that album was very poppy. Yeah, it was very
0: poppy metal. It was, you know,
1: it was poppy without being polished. I think that's why it, why it's so good.
0: because mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you made it too pretty, it wouldn't have happened. But so, but then the change from that too, shout the devil actually, which is actually one of yours. So I'm not going to skip ahead, so we'll end yeah. right. I'm not, I'll end myself on that one. But uh, yours is accept. Is that what it is? It's so small. Which one? Your next one? Is accept? Uh,
1: I guess it would be accept. Uh, Restless yeah. Oils let me what see off that one
0: i, I was never fast a huge shark, okay Princess
1: of Dawn, the title track that that big radio dj i was talking about earlier that broke Def Leppard, rush and judas priest uh one night i'm listening to his radio show and i used to have a, a cassette recorder and i pulled against the radio i didn't mm-hmm. know about technology or did it sound bad and he played fast as a shark and that was even faster than what was on hell bent for leather because uh, uh, the drums are, and I was like whoa 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 and then Udo sings and then the guitar solo was shredding like the scorpions but even crazier uh, and my mom, it was right around Kraut right
0: Rock right they called it Kraut oh, oh, call oh, oh. Rock at the time do I German Kraut Rock wouldn't they call that Kraut Rock? Because the accept and the, Scorpions Kraut like German uh, I've like never heard that. Yeah I probably read too many Scorpions books. Yeah the accept and the Scorpions were Kraut Rock is what they were saying for a while. It's pretty pretty funny except was just
1: bad. It was thrash, I guess. Is that thrash? Maybe that's the beginning of thrash. Uh, fast as a shark. I think some people might say that really fast, really accurate, crazy bridge troll, uh, you know, the guy from Lord of the ring vocal, you know? Uh, and I remember I got the album for Christmas and I loved the whole album a lot. And, uh, That was, I didn't care whether they were popular or not. You don't care when you're a kid. You just like how it sounds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hear that one. Yeah. Nikki, yours?
2: Do, let's see. I'll do another emo teenage one. Um, Evanescence Fallen. So their debut album. Um, I got that and it was so, I remember seeing the music video for uh, Bring Me to Life and it was so cool to see this. This rocker chick singing, and I love yeah, at that point what I was, I was probably 13. So, after seeing her, I loved her voice and I loved all the creepiness of the music with and it had guitar solos. I loved the lyrics, I loved everything about it. I would drive my friend crazy just with that album on repeat. I just loved her voice and I loved the lyrics. And right after that, that's when I started dyeing my hair black, got the eyebrow pierced when I got older. She was just such a huge influence on me vocally in- do
1: you remember when that video came out it said evanescence featuring paul such and so uh-huh. from something stones, stones from 12 stones because 12 stones was set to be the new big buzz band
2: really? and i remember
1: this because the guy that yeah. worked with you underground anyway shortly after that song got so big with evanescence yeah. it had it was not so much didn't even say featuring the guy from the band oh. who's supposed to be big. It, it, it
0: kind of, oh, I remember wow. that. Yeah. I, I that. Yeah. I think that album kind of launched symphonic metal too, on some level, but now this everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
2: I think so. I think it really brought kind of that scene to life because after that, I remember going to like our, our music store was called Hastings. And I, I think those finally just kind of went away recently. And I would go in there with my mom and we would just go look through CDs. And I started that's when I started seeing I'd pick out something and like, oh, here's another female singer on here. Sweet. And it was, I think, Nightwish. I just bought it. I didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just gonna give it a chance. And that's when I did start realizing there's a lot of other bands like that. Lacuna Coil. And mm-hmm. yeah.
0: A lot of a lot of them though do source. And I talked to a few, they they always go back to that album. As, yeah as being, uh, an album yep. that really just kind of changed their lives.
2: Yeah. Very I- me and my friends would just sit and sing along to those songs all the
0: time yeah i think it's a good call on that one it's hard because sometimes like you know for vocally for women it used to be like it was either a clean voice yeah or kind of that pat benatar voice was as rocky as you got like a while yeah. back and then you start getting like you know allison and you need to do the thrashy vocals from like you know it totally changed you could do the deep voice and so then you just don't know anymore then the bets are yeah. off and then she would be doing this opera voices, you know, and, and Evanescence, like everything just totally changed at that point, which was, yeah. I think, really great for for vocals for women because for a while it was kind of like locked into just pop, you know what I mean? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. We thought of it that way. I mean, if
0: you really look back in you like think of it, some really '80s metal songs, I mean, they, they had the range that Halper could do, but you don't really hear it as much.
2: Yeah, Pat Benatar really loved her voice. Yeah. Her stuff is not easy to sing, either. Oh, that With holds her. up today,
1: big time, when you hear yeah. her stuff. It's still kick-ass.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the grit on her voice, too. She, incredible.
0: The songwriting was good. It was good pop, too, but it was also the, the rock. I think Neil, her husband, yeah, the two of them were some really good songs yeah. together. Great guitar
1: just, and great riffs, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it totally made it good. Um, I would say, for me, probably... Van Halen, uh, and just, uh, the second one would probably be my favorite. I, I go back and forth every day. Yeah. I, I, the first one's good. It's over, not overrated because everyone always says it, but there's something about like beautiful girls. And they're kind of like feeling it, and they were kind of come back off their second tour. So you know that album. You know they tried to redo the magic. It was it's was, it was produced the same. So I mean, kind of like with Sabbath, like that first set of singers. And those third albums they all hold pretty strong together. Yeah. You know? I know "Diver Down." Some people don't feel so strong about. I like it personally. You know, it's kind of like a, an in- instrumental break between uh, scenes of a movie. You know. Yeah, yeah. Van Halen
1: too. What? That's a good way to put it. It was an extension of the first album, and they, they did that song that I didn't realize till later was a cover. Uh, "You're No Good." You're no it's good. Yep. Great, great song. Uh, and that say a lot about you
0: though. If you don't know the song and somebody else does it so well, you think it's them. That says a lot about an artist that you, you own it so much more.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of times it's how old you are when you yeah, have your awareness at that time. You know, I was a little kid and that came out too, and I didn't, I didn't know. I remember, is that an album with DOA on it? Manhattan 2?
0: Um, yeah. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I think it's someone some Get Me Doctor, I think. Well, you, know, yeah, funny thing with, you know, good is um, Ted Templeman was also producing them. He was also doing Linda Ronstadt at the time. And they were really close. Like, she was coming out over oh, at his house all the time. It's actually, you gotta read Templeman's book. It's really good. He talks about Van Halen, Linda, it's the whole thing. So you can see where that song kind of probably snuck in because he was doing both bands, you know. Yeah. I you know, he was also doing the Doobie Brothers, so thank God no Doobie Brothers switched into Van Halen because who knows where that would have gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how that would have mixed, but yeah, that that's probably why that song probably kind of came over. It was a good good mix, you know, that's a good a good sound.
1: Point. I like that you picked Van Halen too. Yeah, a little less obvious than going for the debut.
0: It, it's hard because you know, obviously it's, it's good, like you said, but Two is just as good and not as overplayed as much. You know, what I mean, it's hard because when you hear something that's so good, so much you're like okay, I need to take a break because you kind of hear it so much. Appetite, two, on the other hand,
1: it's too much. I've heard it too much.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I have it and I only listened to it a few times, but I went through a time where I couldn't listen to it for a couple of years because I heard it so much. I listened to it so much Yeah. myself. So yeah. guilty. Um, yep. So that's, that's where I would go with that one. Um, Patrick, do you? I totally lost. I had your list here too. Ah. Uh, I think you I'm off your head? chronological headspace.
1: It's probably shout at the devil.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that one or one more? You had something else to it to.
1: what, too. what else was around the time?
0: Um, we don't have a few left. It was just shout the devil. Oh, you had a, oh maiden. How could you forget that? Nikki elbow him. Oh. Oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Oh. Right. Yeah. That was a this, number of the beast too.
1: Yeah. This I, my list is full of a lot of firsts. So I went with my early introduction to music. Uh, my brother had Killers and I loved it. It was such a great album. Mm-hmm. Of course, Killers was great. Uh, I was right. a little kid. I, I'm still in elementary school at this time and thought Killers was amazing. I loved it. It was like it, it had something in common with the Judas Priest, but was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I remember my brother said, oh, they they're, they got a new vocalist. You know, he had read somewhere. And so I was out with my mom shopping, and I remember I put Number of the Beast in the shopping cart. My mom was sweet, you know, that she got me that album, not even knowing that it's Number of the Beast 666, <laughs> and we're a God-fearing Catholic family. Uh, and I brought it home, and uh, I was kind of like proud to show my brother, no, I, this is my Maiden album. You got Killers with that other guy. This is, this is the Maiden album here. And this singer's better, you know. I'm thinking like that as a kid, and uh, it wasn't. That you were better. right,
0: but you, were, but he, he was right though. But you were right. He was a better singer.
1: I was blown away. I, I remember everything uh, from the opening track all the way the to all of the my scream. The scream.
0: The scream that sounds like the Who. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> da, da,
1: da. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Damn good album, man. Yeah. That's my favorite Maiden. I kind of like y'all. I like, go back and forth. That one holds a place because it was my first maiden record that I owned. Um, even invaders and, and gangland, those are great songs. You they don't are. think
2: about it, Those I'm are invaders. great invaders?
1: Yeah, What's great is it's a
0: whole album. You, you like you say, Oh, that one, I'm like, oh, okay, I love that album. And you go back and you know, Scorpions like they're all all these cuts are like full albums. And, and H, like everyone talk about these are full albums. These aren't like, you know, there's like three songs and the rest is a throwaway album. It's a full album, man. Full album. You know, you're inv- exactly. you're invested in it. Yeah, to end. you know, all the songs you get yeah. just excited ones that aren't as popular because you're not burned out on them, you know, or if you what? hear those weird songs in concert, you're like, oh, I didn't play this one, it, you know, it's, it's great, but they don't have it as a single. That's yeah. always a, a treat when a band did that. Um, yeah, so we, we, you know, with Maiden, there's just so many, I go back and forth, with I, I couldn't really even even fathom where to go. I would say for me, I think for Black Sabbath was one too, the first one. And then um never say dialect too, I think it was underrated. I would say that was really good towards the end like, of That was no. our uh,
1: last one with Ozzy at the time, right?
0: And they were they were a hot mess. There were some songs in there. But I just like the, the 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 groove, the drums, the swing of it. Mm-hmm. I like the fact she sounds different. Yeah. You know, and it's like a band in chaos. Yeah. But it's but it's heavy, but it has some pop songs in there too. It's like a really weird album for them. Yeah. I like yeah. the done with mirrors of um, of Sabbath to me. Because the next they go. came out That's with happened. Cause then, after they came out with a big idea, they, they kind of started to come out like dehumanize, or I'm not doing it in, in order, but you know what I'm saying? Then they still getting really heavy again. They really kind of shuffled it along, but uh, that's crazy. Nice, oh, yeah. you, Nikki, you're getting right towards the last couple here.
2: Hmm. He doesn't like when I play them that much, but Megadeth, I love Megadeth absolutely. I think it's awesome, bands.
1: but the vocals sound like this. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, he's singing like that. Yeah. That's just me. I'm a dick.
2: I, I love them. I love all of their albums, but Countdown to Extinction, so, so good. It's a toss yep. up between that one and Cryptic Writings for me. Well, actually, yeah, it's hard for me to choose with them. I love Marty Friedman's guitar playing. Just Marty Friedman. High Speed, high speed Dirt. Yeah. How, how so, crazy
0: is that song, right?
2: So crazy good and so between both of those i absolutely love them i just remember learning rust in and peace? In...
0: In peace is the one for me the rust yeah. and peace one
2: what's, yeah, the, what's the song
0: rust and peace what is it uh,
2: lucretia lucretia, lucretia uh,
0: five magics um
2: for souls yeah right uh when i worked at schecter for a, a brief moment i kind of got starstruck because chris poland came oh. in pick up a guitar mic. like my god it's Chris Poland <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah Megadeth I, I love all the early stuff even I remember United Abominations came out mm-hmm. I what year that was it must have been maybe 2006 or something I was in was I in junior high or high school And I really loved that album too all the- I had to go
0: back and listen to it but I don't really notice well i be honest because like yeah I stopped to count down myself because yeah, it just it felt like everything was just kind of blurring with them at that point. It felt like, I don't know, was it wasn't as original. Maybe because Marty left after that album too. I think, right? So I
2: think that was the last one he was on. Yeah, yeah. and Russ,
0: I mean, and, and, it, it, and Russ was the album for me. That, like, the music is fun. I can listen to the whole album without any vocals. Actually, it's such a good album. Yeah, I'm
2: that's so you could terrible. probably listen to it two times without the vocals. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll yeah. cut vocals, so they sound good. Uh, you gotta do it in the
2: style of. No. You have a lot of sounds- other voices. Don't use that
0: one.
1: He sounds like he sounds like Beavis. Hello, me, it's me again. It sounds like Beavis from was, Beavis and Butthead.
2: I was so excited when I learned that song. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna da, da. Learn
0: this I'd
1: song. rather I'd rather hear James Hetfield. Yeah, ha, cha cha, yeah, yeah. I'd rather hear that.
0: But that's the thing about owning your voice, though. Those they, they couldn't do anything different. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I and, know. I, 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 and I and I do think I think I think his voice does go with it with uh mega's Stuff, you know, yeah, but yeah. the stronger stuff for me was the earlier yeah. stuff, you know, not because yeah, of any particular Player, yeah. great
1: songwriter, all that stuff. I just, I just attacked the voice just because I'm a dickhead. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, vocals can make or break a bigger band.
1: 001% zero zero uh, success that he has. <laughs> so I can't say anything more. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, you know, it's all about, yeah, songs and time. It's different time period, too, though, right? It's not the same anymore. Yeah. You can't work yeah. your albums the same, you know? Yeah, it's all, it's totally. Never going to be the same anymore. Um, so I, I was I excited to do my Black Sabbath one. So, Patrick, you, Motley Crue, Shout the Devil.
1: Yeah, my, my older brother had a, an advanced copy, I guess that's what they called it, of Shout at the Devil on cassette, like a recorded one from someone he knew in LA or something. Yeah. And I remember him playing in the beginning through his home stereo. And I'm like, oh shit, is this Black Sabbath? Is this Kiss? what is this? And I remember, don't shout, shout. And then one late night, I was up late, we just got on cable TV and uh, uh, Looks That Kill. Looks That Kill. Saw, I saw what they look like. I'd heard it, but then when I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, they look like the Road Warrior, Mad Max meets fucking mm-hmm. a punk band that got attacked by Kiss. Uh, and I've sold in mick mars playing a fucking white dc rich warlock i wasn't playing guitar yet uh that was 82 83 i was getting ready to get my first guitar um and i asked my mom again i said you have to, i have to get this record and it had the pentagram on it and everything and i got I had the vinyl of it
0: the- did you you know it's, yeah. like a, it's like a matte it's like a matte black on it but got the shiny the pentagram is the black shiny version on a yeah. matte and a black that, version of it and-
1: the beasts were one of the reasons I got expelled and I got out of Catholic school and uh they asked my you're welcome the, the, the nuns and teachers asked my mom who uh who bought him these devil albums because it was all about chasing it was like the Salem witch trials back then kind of like today and um <laughs> they said uh they said uh they asked my mom who got him these albums and my mom said I did Well, these are devil-worshipping albums, and he's going to be a devil-worshipper. And my mom, uh, being Hispanic, Catholic, very God-fearing, she thought they were being ridiculous. And I got, uh, before they they were about to expel me, my mom pulled me out of there and put me in public school. So Number of the Beast and Shout at the Devil definitely helped me with that. And uh, I got a guitar shortly after Shout out to the
0: devil. That really yeah. is influential. I remember hearing, because I, I was big into Van Halen at the time and I hadn't heard a lot. Twisted Sisters' album had just come in, you know, the bigger album like I did. So I'm hearing a lot more rock albums. Somebody goes, Oh, you should hear them crew. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know anything about them. And I remember the, I, somebody gave me like just a just cassette. I didn't have the, just no case on it. it was, so it's just, I didn't know what they looked like. I literally just had the white cassette with the writing on it. Same thing I heard in the beginning. I was like, What is this? So I had no visual, not even the album cover. I knew nothing about it. Just the music for like a week. It was just like on my walkman. It was crazy it was huge. Crazy, like, about covers i remember helter skelter
1: i was like yeah. that's the best helter skelter ever you're know, not that i knew many more of helter skelters but looking back killer killer cover
0: yeah, yeah. well it's mixed guitar playing i mean he's so underrated i mean you can say how underrated he is and popular but he'll never get enough credit i mean he's just he's up there with yeah. everybody else you know what i mean he should have been huge huge you know so i'm gonna agree with that one uh how about you Nikki? your last two we got left
2: Let's see. Papa Roach. They were one of my favorite bands growing up. Still are. Uh, it was hard for me to choose, but the Paramore Sessions mm-hmm. uh, got to be loved forever. Reckless, that whole album all the way through. I would just I would listen to that all the time. I used to go um, on road trips with, with my friends because I had friends. I was based in Dallas or Austin if I was in college at that point. And I would go. I had friends all over Texas, so I would go, you know, go see Papa Roach in all these cities and hang out with my friends and all these. Yeah. It was such a fun. I just always have really good memories of that because it was just kind of carefree, just going. I wasn't playing live music yet, so I was obsessed with the live music, just seeing, just seeing my favorite bands and their their energy on stage is almost like nobody else that I've seen. Still it felt like Roach, very
0: punky, but they, they they grew up like in rock. I mean, I I dig a lot of their songs. Yeah, I just. Like they, they came out with, they do Kicking Teeth, they came out for a while, they did that for a while, and in yeah. and out so it was like they were still trying to be relevant and stuff, too, they weren't, they kind of held their own.
2: Yeah, they their newest album, what, I haven't kept up with everything that they're doing, but was Cricket Teeth uh, no.
0: the, no. That was a little bit and- back, they did a tour with like Motley Crew and stuff, they, they did these like weird yep. tour like all of them, I think that, that song came out, and I haven't yeah. heard, I, I don't know what they've done recently, so that's my bad, I know they've probably done something, it's just,
2: yeah, they've still been putting albums out pretty consistently. It's They're one of the it's busy. one of the
1: best live bands yes. after two thousand for sure would be yeah. Hopper Roach. Yeah. Anybody that goes to see them, whether whether they only know Last Resort or not, yeah. you will walk away from that that show and go, oh wow, like they, they massive kick, energy,
2: kick your ass live. Yeah. Well,
0: scars. As long as scars, I think is is, is is epic. I mean, you can't you can't deny that power yes. of the song. Scars, that yeah. is yeah. just such a beautiful song when they they do it mm-hmm. broken down too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh. They're one of the bands. When you see them live, you kind of feel dumb
1: if you're sitting there like this watching Papa Roach. I know that sounds crazy because so many of us are so cool, but you feel stupid at a Papa Roach show yeah. like this. Actually, you feel like an yeah. old angry person.
2: We saw them, and,
1: and for whatever it is that Jacoby says and the way they play, you're like, oh is no, I, I'm into this show. I'm we, here.
2: I think yeah. that was probably the rowdiest crowd that I've seen in Hollywood for a live yep. show. We saw them really years ago probably not too long before this pandemic the roxy the roxy yeah. and it was sold out what three days in a row or something yeah and we went one of the Good nights and it, i yeah i've never seen a hollywood crowd be so into it and he he got them totally riled up yeah it was so i like that. i like
0: to hear that too because i feel like they they hustle and it feels like they had some record label issues and the population was up and yeah. down It felt like they never got the full you know the full swing to get, yeah. get the push I, out there you know what yeah. i mean
1: yeah, they play, nice they play as if it's their last show. They play as if they're not leaning on the fact that they have hits. Yeah. And we all know that bands will lean on the fact that they have hits. Papa Roach doesn't. They play as if it's the sweatiest, craziest oh, night yeah. of their life. I've seen Every them, time I have seen yeah, them.
2: I've yeah. seen them probably more times than any other band. I've seen them more times than I can count. It's a ridiculous amount of times. And I never saw... A show where they didn't bring that same energy every. Yeah, time. they don't.
1: They don't turn down underneath ten. It's yeah. everything's always amped up all the way.
2: Like, how does he get that energy every damn night? Every I time. Know. Every time. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's
0: not have to check about live because I didn't realize how, yeah. how awesome they were live. Yeah. Oh, they'll blow you away
1: even if you don't know the songs. They'll blow you away.
0: Well, I know a lot of them too. Like I don't get to the albums because I listen after. Um, the Last Resort is, is okay to me, but I like the la- the musical after that. Those I don't know what the titles were, I, but I was listening to those for a while, and I really enjoyed those. You know,
2: yeah, so oh, yeah. I, do, I do
0: enjoy. I do, and I like his voice. Um,
2: yeah, me so.
0: too. I would say I would pick my album would be by Zeppelin. I'm going to say I'm going say Presence because I, I think it's kind of weird. I'm going to say for my album, what are the Presence.
1: Off, off that album again?
0: Oh, in the evening, I would have to actually have to pull it up. Oh, okay. Is that the? Uh...
1: All of my love. Is that yep. that
0: one? Yeah, yeah. It's got a bunch of weird ones on it that aren't. It wasn't as big an album. I mean, by by default, it was still big because you know once you're that big, the the current just keeps everything going.
2: Yeah. But
0: looking back, it's when it's again, it's not that big of an album, like overplayed. So you
1: play Is that it on. The album? As bum, 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 bum
2: yeah yeah
0: it might be the whole album like, it's, it's all like a mid-tempo i mean every song you know anyhow on that one too but it's a very yeah. mid-tempo album it's not slow it's not fast it's just kind of grooving yeah so, nice. i think that one
2: nice so
0: um right, two left here so metalka i oh, used you to hear when molly yeah metalka Metallica.
1: Yeah. I, once again, I don't care that it's, it's, I don't Who cares what's cool or not cool about to heavy metal people about Metallica. That band has proved themselves over and over. Um, my first Metallic album was Ride the Lightning. I heard Fade to Black on the radio station from that same guy that broke all the bands. And it was a new level to hear it go. Da, 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 da. It was so crunchy. I was, I, I was just starting to play guitar and I was like, Ooh, I want my guitar to sound like that. Why does it sound like that? And I remember learning the riff, dig-a-dun, 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 the end of, of um, Fade to Black. And I remember asking my friends at the time, uh, one of them's Brett Stein, the f- famous guitar player himself, Scott and Brett Stein. I'll make sure that, that they have to watch this now. I remember being at their house and uh, we were at a party at their house or something. And I was like, how is Metallica gonna follow up Ride the Lightning you know with Creeping Death and all that it's so heavy and so in your face there's no way that they're going to have an album that's going to be like that and then I think Scott Stein played Battery uh on the turntable and I was like oh that's how you follow <laughs> that's how you follow Lightning." and I it, mind blown just just the riff I hadn't I even heard it. that was the first
0: Whoa. album by them because I was listening to Motley Crew and Van Halen and stuff. My buddy, you know, harassing me, but he was in Metallica. He goes, Oh, you need to listen to Metallica, Master of Puppets, and, and all the other albums. He said, like, I go, Metallica, I go, Is that like punk rock or something? And I say that now because he loves to bust on me about that. So I'm just going to put it out there already. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah. that punk rock stuff? He's like, You need to listen to it. And then, of course, you know, yeah, Master Puppets. And, Disney, and I went backwards. Yeah, a, it, a lot the of the album's totally different.
1: Yeah, it, it was a game changer. It took, uh, it took the heaviness of Ride the Lightning, it put a little more emphasis on arrangement and structure, on disposable heroes and leper Messiah, different time signatures for us that are paying attention to that. And yeah. uh, I don't know. And then it ends with with Damage Incorporated, right? Is the last song mm-hmm. on the album? I mean, it's fucking killer. Especially.
0: But did they open it? But imagine, but the sound of them back then, there was nothing like them. And it, mm-hmm. being so big, remember they like they were on like Rolling, they became the cover of Rolling Stone. But there's no other albums compared to. You're like when you listen to it, you're like or then they, they opened for Ozzy, which is such a big difference in sound. I mean, nowadays, maybe it'll close, yeah. you know what I'm saying, but that was like some it was the second, was the um, Ultimate Cinema, wasn't it? Santa. Which is a very poppy album. Yeah. People Outside, must... I mean, you take you the take, you take, you take guitar off of it, and it's not a metal album at all.
1: Yeah, people you know I mean? must have been confused when Metallica was on, because it's so heavy, but it, you know, if you're really into them, you know all the in- intricacies within the mm-hmm. songs and the sound. Um... Yeah, that. But that you go there and see
0: Ozzy, and everyone's wearing glitter and stuff, and then Metallica yeah. come on in their jeans.
1: Were people waiting for some bat biting bullshit? Um, no, that's the best Metallica album. I'm, I think it is. If you if you said you could only say which one is the best Metallica album, it's easily that
0: one. I would say two or three of us in this house all have Metallica uh, shirts that have uh, Master Puppets on it. There are other Metallica shirts, but that that that's the shirt that has the most Master Puppets in the house.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> a couple of idea. us here.
0: And something about
1: that album, the way it's mixed, is very perfect, whatever that mm-hmm. means. Um, yeah. They didn't start making sonic statements like no bass and bad snare drums till later. Uh, Master of Puppets was like, okay, this is the album, and here's how it sounds
0: brutal and
1: powerful in the speakers.
0: Because it, it's a very basic mix, too. It's not, that's the thing about it. It's, in a way, it's kind of not raw, but it's not. Because remember how glossy all the albums were back then, too? They got to a point where, like, you can love the album. You, like listen to like the first skid row album and then like listen to like slave the grind like you start hearing the difference of the, in the production at that point yeah. with the albums how how from poppy to heavy or you know what i'm saying how it just start change, changing it up that album didn't really have that glossy feel it just felt very open it was just right it had the
1: right amount of reverb on the snare it had the the guitar solos were right nothing's long nothing's too short it's just honest i guess and sure the other albums before that were honest too but this one sounded
0: uh, refined? I don't know. It, it felt like the songs had more breathing room, like in eight, between each note. Maybe they started giving a yeah. little more space or the time. Something about it. It was. I agree. It's it's pretty yeah. good. All right, Nikki, you get your. Is it, it's actually your last one?
2: The last one. Okay. I believe I didn't really mean to lump it in with the other Avenged earlier, but Avenged Sevenfold's "Waking the Fallen," which was their second album before what? "City of Evil," and I know you know most people jumped on with "City of Evil," but I started with "Waking the Fallen," and it has a much. Darker... His vocals
0: were different, right? Vocals were a lot different at that time, right?
2: Yeah, he would uh, he would sing a lot of the verses. Uh, I'm sorry, sing the choruses, but there was a lot of screaming in the verse. Yeah, yeah, and I I was a huge fan of that. I was into a Treyu and a bunch of bands that did all the scream the verses, sing the choruses. I was all into that. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. There we oh, there go. Now yeah, we're back. And uh, so. I didn't really know what they looked like at that point. I think my friend, one of my friends just brought over a bunch of her CDs and she's like, here, just burn these for yourself and listen to them. And that's the first time I heard of Inch Sevenfold was they were still kind of underground and...
1: Without Sinister Gates?
2: He was in that one. Oh, okay. He wasn't... He, Yeah, he was not on the very first sounding the seventh trumpet. They got him to come back and play like one solo on that one for an intro. But he... You could tell Zachy, the other guitar player, wrote a lot of Unholy, like on Unholy Confessions. The riffs were much more, not punk, but a little heavier. Not, it was definitely not as polished. It wasn't, they weren't on Warner Brothers yet. So they were doing, you know, the whole goth kind of, it was just a lot darker. And I loved the vibe. Uh, I Won't See You Tonight, part one, probably one of my favorite songs of all time. It was the more, it was like the ballad of the album. And I just, I'll have to go back and it now. It. Yeah, it starts out with piano and then into the guitar solo, and I just melted my heart. Just it was, I was instantly in love. I was like, I think this is probably my favorite band now, and then killer solo again at the end of the song, and then it goes into part two, and then it's all screaming and craziness, and just the whole album lots of guitar harmonies, lots of solos, still not like City of Evil, just a lot heavier. And I absolutely loved it.
0: What about? Um, so after it was City Eagle, they did, was it Hail the King? With yeah. That- what about that? What do you feel about like that one? Because I remember hearing that, I'm like, a lot of the riffs yeah. to me, I'm going to say to me before you even say anything, I've heard those riffs before. Like, I, I was literally picking out, like, I'm that- like, that's a, that's a literally Metallica song. Yeah. They, did
1: the, temp- they did the template. They did the template where they go,
0: oh, that's the BPM.
2: Yeah. It has
1: this feel right here. And then it goes to this thing.
2: There was a Guns N' Roses song. There was a Megadeth song. There was a, uh, kind of acdc ish there was the metallica one most
1: importantly yeah. there wasn't the rev anymore who was a well, badass yeah. in that band i think yeah. that's one of the reasons that there was lacking on that and album. that was it the was- first
2: time that they they used their new drummer Aaron for that album and yeah. it was i love a lot of the songs at the end of that album like acid rain i thought it was beautiful and uh, definitely not my favorite album of theirs, but I grew to like it. There's some good songs on there. Once you get it was past definitely the a perfect, left
0: turn though to me. It was not, you know yeah.
2: They they you could definitely tell because with Nightmare before that uh yeah, Nightmare that the Rev, the drummer yeah had a lot of that before he died. And you could tell obviously That's probably why it's
1: bad best.
2: <laughs> when after he passed, you could definitely tell that his presence was not there for the songwriting anymore. That was I like City.
0: know, I, I went back to yeah. the other stuff. I'm like, ah, the vocals aren't so much. I like what he's doing now with it. You know, and that was a popular album. And I hate to think yeah. was popular. I just happened to like that mixture of their sound. Yeah, yeah.
2: Apparently I everybody think that's else did too. Cool. Yeah, I think he also had some uh, throat no surgery yeah. too. I can't. I don't think he can really scream as much. He'll do it. No, I he he's,
0: he's, he's, Yeah, I remember that too. Like he yeah. couldn't sing or he was going to lose his voice. So he had to sing. And by default, yeah. I don't know if that's that a story because at the time you really couldn't back stuff up. You know I mean, Yeah, Kind I of.
2: I've read that he said that you know it was always supposed to be a natural progression the way that it went out from the screaming because the very first album is almost the sounding the seventh trumpet is almost all screaming or he's very I think he might kind of sing a little bit on one song and it's very uh, more much more SoCal punk that very first one. I'm gonna say my
0: I'm gonna say so I'll say my last one and and you know Patrick's gonna bring it home. I'm gonna say Danzig's uh, album. Before I got punched and knocked out in the video, before we had a good laugh at him with the, carrying, the, carrying the kitty litter and and all yeah. the stuff. Yeah, I'm talking like she rides and and mother when it first first came out. I mean that yeah. that album to me was just so basic but dark and evil and the and I like the production. I thought that was a good a solid album to me. That was yeah, very Sabbathy, which I loved. And actually, James Hatfield was on the album too, which you don't realize until later on. Oh wow, nice. Oh, he was billed as something else, another person.
2: Oh, well okay. they both go oh yeah no, yeah man. exactly
0: but i think because of the label they couldn't give him credit because he's on a different label or something, something stupid oh, you know okay. how, oh. how back was yeah huh. so That's all right patrick cool. your last one you remember what it is i do
1: um yeah i went in chronological old school order of first uh i just heard so- you singing
0: this song today too i just, i just heard i was listening to you guys you did see the song too
1: oh okay fast uh let me see. Here's my story. So uh, it's early 90s. I have a fake ID. I'm not quite 21 yet. Close, but not. Um, and I want to go see the band Extreme. They had the huge hit More Than Words, but they're still playing clubs. And I love the guitar player, Nino Betancourt, had their albums. An unknown Seattle band opened up for them. Alice Chains. They were it's on the tour, so, too. Yeah, they, they're a uh, man in the box is not on the radio yet. Yes, I remember with, that. Yeah, Young is on Z-Rock, which some kind of broadcast show. And I heard We Die Young. I was like, ooh, guitar riff sounds cool, you know? Um, and like you said, a lot of the hair bands weren't putting out great albums. So it made a lot of sense when you heard something cool like the intro riff to We Die Young. So I show up early enough to see Alice in Chains uh, and it has a Sabbath vibe right away. They're playing stuff off the first album. And then it has a lot of vocal harmonies with Jerry Cantrell. I didn't know his name was Jerry Cantrell. And I'm like, ooh, Sabbath vocal harmonies, good idea, sounds cool, sounds weird and cool. Um, And they ended up getting booed because Lane Staley did a joke before Queen of the Rodeo. They were still playing Queen of the Rodeo, which didn't make the first album. And he he did the, we're in Texas, only got steers and queers, I ain't seen no steers, you know. And of course, San Antonio has a very macho Hispanic population. They don't like hearing that. The joke wasn't lost on me. I thought it was funny. Uh, so people started booing them. Not throwing stuff, but booing them. And I'm like, oh. they play Queen of the Rodeo. I'm thinking, wow, that sounds like Dangerous Toys. You know, hearing that song, Queen of the Rodeo, come to find out they were very into Dangerous Toys before they got there. It's
0: crazy how their songs have changed. They're another band though, right? How their songs it's- went from one to Like, How did you get from point A to point B? Like, How did you do Queen and then get to the man of the box? Like, I don't see a progression. They were
1: probably influenced. I'm guessing they were influenced by their atmosphere and surrounding and their friends in, in all these other bands, Mud Honey or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, uh, I was that night, I said, That is an amazing band. I'm committed to, to going to get that record. I went and bought the CD, and it was facelift and it came in a long box. Um,
0: the videotape, too, right?
1: After that, Man in the Box hit radio and MTV, and of course, the rest is history uh blown away and then so by the time the dirt album came out once again i loved their first album i thought oh what are they how are they going to follow up the greatness that is bleed the freak um you know everything on there we die young all that stuff uh and then the first single is them bones with that badass video the song's in a weird timing Mm -hmm. it's got this six eight three four feel over the riff and then the harmonies happen, and the video looks like the song sounds. And I was like, "Okay, that's amazing." So went and it's got it's a hardest
0: song to cover, too, like replicate. But like back then, like it yeah. was like a garage band song. You could not do Alice in Chains justice. Like back then, you could, you priest whatever. But like nowadays, you guys are you have have more talented. Well, like yeah. when you're younger, that's not a first song. Yeah, yeah
1: so I got I got dirt, and I could sing harmonies. I was already playing in bands. I had the cool band in town, the stupid glam band that was cool. I wasn't the singer, I was always the guitar player, but I was always the guy that would sing all the harmonies for any song, whatever it was, originals or covers. Uh, and when I got dirt, the harmonies were weird thirds and fifths and things underneath the high vocal. And I gravitated towards it, you know, the parted Rooster, here they come to snuff the rooster, all the low shit and the stuff in Sick Man and those badass songs. And so that album was my Bible for my harmonization that people hear in our acoustic things that we do in the heaven below stuff. I was even doing it in union underground stuff. I do all those harmonies, um, that dirt album. If you ever want to learn how to sing harmonies, uh, not properly, but in a cool way, put on dirt, sing, the, sing all the harmonies on any of those songs, you know, um, hate to feel or, or God smack or whatever. Uh, not the band Godsmack, the song God smack.
0: No, and, <laughs>
1: and it's, that's the, to me, that's the holy grail of that whole Seattle scene—is dirt, for sure. To me, so that's he layered why I... his
0: voices. Did you know that? In, in, like Lane, he layered. I mean, I've seen Jerry's voice is like you know a big part of the sound. Yeah, but Lane's voice is layered in so many of their songs, to, like on and on and on. It's so haunting. It's crazy. Junkhead. Oh my god, the harmony vocals
1: and Junkhead. You know, that's, that's even as messed
0: up as he was at the end. He was still. I read a book uh, last. They had a book out. Um yeah. Now? it's a really good book it talks a lot about their singing and the sound and stuff they came up with and yeah. it really is still surprising they came up with such a beautiful mixture it's
1: i i don't know how he did that high i don't do a good job when yeah. i've had a pharmaceuticals or i've experimented with drugs i'm not i'm not very um creative at those times for me i'm in a haze and i don't i can't i can't feel i can't feel the music that i'm mm-hmm. trying to make so i don't know how lane staley did it he felt the music and could do it on the under the influence. Um, but that album is just uh that's the holy grail for sure for yeah, harmony right. vocal for the whole scene yeah.
0: of that. They were they were crazy. They had two didn't the two EPs at the time. And I remember the first one I saw them also for the tour. So it was you know, more of the words I'm like, eh. but like but Nuno you know, with like decadence and all his guitar playing was just ridiculously right. I'm like, all right. And then I remember getting a sampler of Alice in Chains, and then I eventually got the uh, the cassette. I think it had like a VHS tape attached to it, and I think it had like a shirt too. Was you, like a three, that, that point, was a production
1: i got facelift and mine didn't come with the vhs and my friend later one of my friends that I, I had it, it for a been, long time yeah I got my copy it came with this live show and i was like damn it i didn't get my yeah, it had shit. like a
0: couple black and white shows and it also had like see sorrow and i think man the box and like
2: yeah. one other
0: song in there it was, it was a great little promo back in the day and then shirt too and later on they did it with a shirt so it's pretty cool
2: I'm yeah sure was
0: worth something now though
1: yeah that was awesome fun. That's what dreams are made of, that fucking Alice Chains Dirt album, especially vocally.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. So we've talked about some kick-ass bands, but you guys are also doing some kick-ass bands. Let's well, just end it up. let was talking, what else you guys got going on?
1: Well, Nikki just started, well, is starting her yeah. full night song album via yeah. her Patreon as well. Yes, yeah.
0: finally.
2: I so just started that up. Um, basically, you know, social media is so limiting. I know people are like, why, why are you doing that? Well, because I have people ask me, Oh, you have an album out for you. Yeah. A couple of years. Oh, I haven't seen you post anything about it. Oh, I, you know, people just don't see stuff on Facebook. I haven't seen you post in a couple of weeks. Oh my God, they're all up there. So Facebook, not just Facebook, but all social media is just super limiting with the algorithms and everything. So yeah. figured, you I'll know what, you that. if you really want to be a part of it and, and make sure you see everything I've decided patreon is really a good tool for that you just get a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff that you know a lot of the raw demos and stuff that i don't really want out there everywhere yeah if you're a real fan of it you get to come along for the journey and so far it's been cool
0: i, I think the process is cool a lot of music fans are going to do that are going to enjoy the creative process and Be like oh you know what i mean yeah Because like us we love the demos i look like to hear other bands oh, do their demos yeah. and listen back down be like oh that's how Dr. Feelgood came about with different lyrics, or so. So, hearing yeah. you do demos and then evolve into something else is a great yeah. thing for a fan. You know,
2: I shared a couple um, from my two previous songs. I was like, "Here's a my very, very rough demo that I gave to my producer Jesse to get across the idea, so he could do the drums." And it's just, it was me on a on my little drum looper machine thingy on my laptop, and I did a very rough thing for the drums because I'm definitely not a drummer, and I just used garage bands and I sat and I did that. I did. I don't even think I have bass on those. And it was just that and guitars. And I gave that to Jesse and then he played the drums and, and built the song around that. And for people to hear those, some of the vibes completely changed once we got the drums in and they took on a different life and a different groove. So, so far people have really been enjoying hearing. I think, I think
0: it's awesome. I'm so glad to hear you do that. That's, that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And now that's you guys
0: so are cool. trying to play out a little bit. What else is going on with you, uh, Patrick? There
1: uh, awaiting the Lita dates. There's a Lita Ford album that's uh, looking like it's finally getting wrapped up. Uh, there's Lita dates I see at the end of the year happening. I know the maidens yeah. also, but in the I meanwhile, see,
0: up. did you guys did you guys record anything yet? Or is it like you already started doing it? Or I don't the Lita so... stuff. Yeah, Lita did it's... did it with Gary
1: Hoey. Oh, that's uh, right. The guitar player uh, producer they did, did a couple,
0: couple together, right?
1: Got Bobby Rock on drums yeah. on that yeah me and marty don't play on the album i do some backing vocals on some of the songs but between leah and gary hoey they got it. yeah
0: he's a good good covered.
1: covered. yeah and uh, i don't know when that's coming out but i know it's getting there i know that max norman i'm probably not allowed to say max norman is uh mixing it right now uh and then for heaven below we are going to be releasing kind of like a greatest hits not that we have hits but we're we're uh Long story short, we've been getting a lot of attention with the band, not only with Nikki in it, not only because I play with Lita Ford, not only because of William Shatner singing on subdivisions, we've decided let's do a comprehensive vinyl and CD and digital release that kind of is the best of all the stuff we've put out. Uh, and it's called We Sold Our Souls for Heaven Below. It'll have a new track. It's a duet with me and Nicki. Um, I say duet like it's going to be Captain and Tennille or... <laughs> or like it's, gonna, yeah. it's not like that yeah, it's not
0: gonna anymore. be forget it i don't want it I, it's a yeah. lot yeah it's a lot darker
1: it's a lot darker yeah. than that yeah it's song. got a song called demons we recorded but that's going to be coming out hopefully later this year we sold yeah. our souls for heaven below of course i stole the title from black sabbath
0: well the uh, fact you get to have it on vinyl you already, you already have me sold i'm gonna like here's my yeah. money yeah
1: yeah and then we're playing acoustic yeah. shows together first
2: acoustic show we yeah. have next month
1: next month in arizona uh, right. You've yeah. seen us doing our acoustic couch. Yeah, quarantine of course couch. I have. The, I love the system the down, it got like a million and 1.5 uh, million views, something outrageous. Yeah. So uh, who, knew, who knew people want to hear us do that? So we're going to do some shows while things are starting to open up. Yeah. We figure, fine, festivals aren't there, big shows. Well, we'll come play a, a local exactly.
2: bar. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing that in Tucson. The Maidens are playing. Friday then we're playing our acoustic thing Saturday during the day and then I play with the maidens again that night. So yeah, that's Yeah, right. the, are... the
0: maidens have some new merch out. You guys have yes. like socks and and masks. I was, I was like I told limits you guys get some the jammy jams or something too Your Iron Man, you I mean you get a whole a whole yeah, get up yeah. there huh?
2: Yeah, right. Masks, socks and I think magnets, I think we got magnets too. We got mugs.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I went over to check it out. There's some good stuff.
2: Yeah. I'll post that
0: too i'll put everything underneath there oh. you know
2: oh yeah all this stuff
0: all this stuff is awesome i already have enough merch from you guys so bring it on let's get some more stuff out there you know right i'm just like my favorite thing i have actually is the hat it's the uh marilyn monroe devil hat there that's probably my favorite uh, okay. thing They oh, we the yeah. most that, yeah nice. so it's, it's made so well i love the fact it's distressed so it's kind of cool looking I
2: know. yeah i love, I love that yeah. Finally, i love the hats and Dude. it's not
0: cheap made and, and i'm saying to the people watching the, the merchandise the logo piece, is, it's all—it's all, it's made really well, though, so it doesn't feel like it's going to fall off. You know what I mean? It feels like it's yeah. lived in, but it's not. It's really not made well. So you really feel like you get your bank for your buck Yeah,
1: that's important to us, especially with music being, well, I wouldn't call it free, but music being so accessible now. Now, in my opinion, now the merch better be goddamn good yeah. because yeah. people are not going to Walmart or Target to buy a hard rock heavy metal yeah. album.
2: It took us a no. while to figure out which hat to go with, too. We, we could not. We researched. Out. We're like,
1: yeah. what hat is it? And we're we like, want- it's a distressed yeah. hat with this and that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I'm picky. I don't wear a lot of hats very often. So when I do, though, there's been a few times on some of the shows you'll probably see me wear, I'm like, that was, as I said, shoveling. It's not a really bad day. I'm like, I'm going to need to wear a hat. So I'm going yeah. to wear it. And that, you'll see this, the hat on the show because that's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's my go to hat.
2: Uh, hat. Right.
0: So I want to thank you guys for being the show and sharing everything on this lengthy show. But we talked about some really good bands. And I, I got a lot of homework. I go back and listen to some of these bands, AFI, and I go back and listen to Pop Roach yeah. now. And, Inspired, I'm going to go put on that a,
1: Yes album. The Yes album is yeah. getting put on.
0: I, I am seriously. You got to listen to some early Yes. But you got to be totally... Oh, yeah. Like in headphones, too. You got to listen to it stereo, though. It's very, you know, chill. Not all right. right. So, all right, you guys. Thank you very much. And you guys have a good night. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Sean. Bye-bye. All right. Thank take care. So- Bye.
2: All right. Bye-bye. Bye.